Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the creepy green mist to my magical ritual, my mom, Maria. Creepy green mist, me? <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In today's episode, we will be talking about Visions and Voices, written by Brent Friedman and directed by Bosco Ng. In Visions and Voices, Ezra is haunted by visions of Maul. In order to sever his connection to him, Ezra must journey across the galaxy to engage in a strange ritual and unlock the secrets that he and Ezra desire. This was a really cool episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a moment there, you, you, you think that, that Ezra is going a, bit, a little bit local. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of losing his mind yeah. sort of sorts. But yeah, I thought this episode was a lot of fun. Very creepy on the creepy yes. side. Uh, it would have been great for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I really liked that it connected to what we saw towards the beginning of the season with the holocrons being connected. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that they didn't have the full information, both of them. So Maul needed to come back to him in order to retrieve the rest of that information. So good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we first start off on the planet where Chopper Base is located. And they're planning, they're going to go to Lothal, where the factory is. So it's cool that they're taking on what's happening from the last episode. Yes. And they're strategizing, tr trying to think of a way to go about making this happen. But Ezra is sort of distracted. He keeps seeing Maul. And he keeps uh, hearing. He keeps hearing him, him yeah. Call his name. So he's, he's sort of like perplexed what's going on. Nobody else is hearing this, you know. Yeah, and I, I have a feeling that the weather on the planet was sort of enhancing, enhancing it. it. Yeah. Because it was kind of stormy. The the clouds were thundering in the background. Yep. And that's always some good energy. Background energy yeah. for ghostly ghouls. Yeah. And hauntings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then what's cool is that Hera had assigned the mission to Ezra. To Ezra. Yeah, so he's <laughs> back in the in the trust field, you know? Yeah. yeah we're yeah. trusting you again. Yeah, don't Let's blow see. it this yeah. time. <laughs> but he's totally blowing, blowing it. Because he's acting all weird. <laughs> and Kanan, you know, he comes around and he asks him, you know, what's going on. And he's... He's, he's just, out of it. He, he doesn't... He, he cannot connect it. And he's ignoring it, too. He's, yeah. like, not trying to address it while, while they're having this meeting but unfortunately it intensifies to the point where he actually faints he faints onto the the hollow projector he was so overwhelmed he's feeling you see we hear a voice but he's feeling something completely different he's feeling sort of like it is inside and outside his body you know what i'm saying no i know what you mean so it's draining him it's a connection that is draining him is sort of like the concept of what a ghost will do with with a human body it will drain the life out of it mm. so that's basically what's happening here this connection that Maul has enhanced and, and makes stronger with Ezra is draining him and he doesn't know how to handle it and I liked how everyone was really concerned at yeah. that point because especially Zeb he was like big brother trying to like yeah. wake him up do you think 
think that on some level Ezra fears Maul? Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't doubt it. And I think it's not necessarily that he fears Maul being stronger than him. He fears becoming like Maul. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I he, thought too. Yeah, he fears letting anger and hate turn him into what he sees in Mo. Mm-hmm. He has no choice but to connect with him again, of course, but he does it fearing that he may not be able to get out from it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and away from it. And, and he has a right to be. Yeah, yeah. The dark side is pretty strong. Yes, and it's scary yeah. to, to become something that could potentially harm others. But I don't think, and as and this is what makes Ezra such a favorite character of mine, because he does things that would put his life at risk. The, the, the thing is, he understands he knows what the dark side can do. Mm-hmm. He sees it. He, he may not uh, fully understand it 100%, but he sees it and he feels it and he doesn't like it because he's not who he is. He, yes, he wants to destroy the Sith. Yes, he wants to do whatever it takes to protect his his friends and family. But he's not evil. No. And, and this is why I, I, I always say that this is the difference between Anakin and Ezra. They're coming from totally different places. Anakin, you didn't see the little boy as being evil, but you saw the, the anger in yeah. his eyes, even as a little kid. Yeah, yeah. And that anger is strong and that anger can manipulate your senses and, and your beliefs and the way you do things. Mm-hmm. Ezra, as bad as things have been for him, he doesn't have he that doesn't anger. He holds Th- that, that anger, yeah. that, 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 that lust for revenge and, and wanting to see somebody pay. That's not him. But he, that was him at the end of season one when... Well, because he thought when that he was... Yoda. Yeah, he, he, he thought that was the only way. He, he, he didn't understand. We all get angry. We all get angry and, and we want to do things. It's how we react to that anger, what we do with that anger that makes us different. Yeah, so true. And Ezra ends up waking up in his room and everyone's there Hera ends up suggesting that it might be something related to like a force vision but even Keenan isn't even sure of yeah. what exactly he's like maybe <laughs> <laughs> so he's not really all that familiar with what's going on and it's completely foreign to him Zep you know he kind of dismisses it saying that oh, he's stressed out he's overworked and Chopper and Chopper is like <laughs> he's like that time's over, over. <laughs> What a little punk. Oh, Chopper. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he's like, yeah, he, Chopper's right. Nap time's over. You know, we have work to do. And he essentially tells Sabine to go with him so that they can get stuff done. And Hera wants to know what Keenan is thinking in that moment. And I like that as he's thinking, you see the broken holocrons yes. in the background. And he says, I'm thinking whatever Ezra went through with Maul, it's not over yet. And he's completely right. Yep. And so you have Sabine taking in more ammunition and whatnot for their mission. And AP5 is like, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> what need, what's needed and what was in the, the list got is already loaded. And he yeah. says, yes, but I'm the, the, the weapons expert. expert. And I say, I need this. And he says, why is it that I'm the last one to know? <laughs> I created uh, AP. That. I love that. And I love that she said that it looks like AP5 and Chopper, Chopper were done in the same assembly <laughs> line. line. 
<laughs> and then Ezra is completely distracted again. He sees Maul in the distance and he runs for him, thinking that it's actually him. And he's basically chasing ghosts. At one point, he actually thinks he does tackle him and he pushes him off to the side, knocks him out. And he's about ready to kill him. Yeah. Res- and that's that was very interesting, very telling of where he is in that moment, in that in his mental state, that he's willing that he would have actually killed Maul had he had the chance. I don't know. I don't know if Ezra's capable of doing that. Do you think do you think he is? Yes. Okay. Maul is not good. I know he's not good. Maul, Maul can <laughs> can cause a lot of damage and he he has to he has to get to that point. Otherwise it's gonna be his life. That's true. It's either him or the bad guy he's fighting. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, and after what happened to Kanan. Yeah, that's you true. You know, yeah. it's like, no, Mo cannot be left to Alive. live. Yeah. And so Kanan actually holds him back with the, with the force because he was actually going to strike down another member of the Phoenix Squadron. And the guy's like, what the hell's wrong with Are you, you, kid? kid? <laughs> Or something along those lines. You know, Ezra is completely shocked by what he was going to do. And he apologizes profusely and the guy just ends up running away. And that's another thing I love about Ezra. He recognizes that he was about to do something wrong Wrong. in that instance. And now there was that beautiful moment of Sabine putting her her hand on his shoulder. Oh, yes. Did you see it? Yes, I saw that. (laughs) It was beautiful. And, And so, you know, Hera suggests that you know they should postpone the mission that they were planning but Kanan says that he has a plan Ezra's gonna be okay <laughs> and she heads into the ship she ends up leaving and <laughs> and he has no plan <laughs> no he has a he plan. had a vague idea of, a of what plan. he yeah, yeah of what he's gonna do you know he his his idea is let's keep track of Ezra of wherever he's going and um we're going to see Bendu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did have a vague idea of what he was going to do. And Hera had reason to worry. I mean, the last time they trusted Maul, yes. the, it was the Holocrons of Faith thing. And before that, it was when he got blinded. So yeah. you could eventually lead up to someone potentially dying. dying. So she definitely looked shaken over Ezra's condition. And it makes me wonder now what what's going to happen with that next with that mission. And we don't know what happened yeah, on and that Yeah, and how, how it's going to influence her decision. Decisions in in yeah going into it because she yeah. might be distracted emotionally yeah. mentally so oh man I wish we could have known but we don't we have no idea what happened on her which end. which which goes to the whole strategy of Thrawn that he knows that they're willing to do extreme things that may not necessarily be the right things to do to protect each other yeah. and to take care of each other mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the questions Sabine had asked at the briefing. Was Thrawn there? Yeah. They didn't know exactly whether he was or not. And obviously, he's not going to be lingering around for he, that. He may. He may not. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Sooner or later. And Kanan tells Sabine to put a tracker on Ezra's wrist comm, and she ends up doing that. And then he and Ezra end up going to meet up with Bendu. And Bendu's already waking up in that instance. He already senses them. Does you? make a lot of noise. Noise. (laughs) (laughs) 
which I guess you could say happened when Maul came around. You know, yeah, the the disturbance in the force. force. Yeah, yeah. So he had sensed that too. But I like that Ezra had arrived with his helmet. The, yeah. Um, Scout Trooper helmet and how it was all painted and whatnot. So that was Sabine's work. Um, unless it was his work, who knows? Ezra tells Bendu what's been happening, what he's been seeing, and what happened with the two holocrons. And the Bendu warned him that that was a dangerous thing to do. I like that the Bendu really doesn't give them any advice. No, he <laughs> like, just guides them. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, like he, he, he makes them give the answer. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that because he asked them, what is it that you want to do? And Ezra says, you know, I want a way to fix this problem, how to get rid of Maul and whatnot. I like that he told them, well, don't turn around. <laughs> and then that's where Maul, Maul was. He completely disappears. So do you think that Maul saw Bendu? No. No, I, I don't think so. So do you think that Bendu is something of a creature that only appears to the people he wants? Yes. To see like the people like the like if Hera were to be there, would Hera be able to see Bendu? Um no, I think it, he he only appears to force to those who 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 ma- who will the force, but not to all the ones that will the force. force. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting way to think about it because Kanan and Ezra are the only ones who've been interacting with Bendu, and all of a sudden when Maul shows up, he's he's, he's, he's he disappears. Gone. And one of the questions that I got from I believe it was Stefan, he said something along the lines of like, "What happened there? How did he disappear? Why did he disappear?" and I, I th- I like to because think of it. Uh, yeah, and this is something that that is between them. Mm-hmm. You see, Ezra and Kanan come to seek advice. The problem is between them three. Bendu has nothing to do with it. And remember that he's not one or the other. He's not neutral because the word neutral doesn't apply. But he's not the light. He's not the dark. And whatever problems are there are between them. Mm-hmm. Bendung has nothing to do with it. And he's not going to get involved. He just advises. I wouldn't say that he will appear to Maul. But I think that if Maul were to encounter See himself in, in, a, in a moment of turmoil, mm-hmm. like Ezra, Ezra and Kanan have done, mm-hmm. I think he, he will come but again, with that same attitude of pointing to directions so that he's the one seeking the answer, which wouldn't work because that's not what Maul and those who wield the dark do. Yeah. They don't work well with that. No. They, yeah. they have to have solid answers. And Bendu is not a being that's going to give them a solid answer. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that may be why I say that I don't think he will necessarily appear to Maul. Because nothing is going to happen. There's not going to be anything coming out of from it. Mm. Maul is just going to get all frustrated <laughs> because he's not getting an answer. Right. And why waste the time? Right, right. He's definitely uh, in a different plane. Yes. Yeah, uh, when it comes to the, the force. force. Yeah. As to how and, and how he disappeared like that, that's something we, we humans can't grasp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's um, a big thing to just disappear know, right? into thin air. 
Um, and then I pulled up Patty's question because she said, glad to see Ben do back. However, it was too short. She also had asked a, a similar question to mine, whether B- Maul had seen Ben do. And she goes on to ask, how did Ben do sense Maul coming? Why did he not stay around during the conversation between Ezra, Kanan, and Maul? I have no answers, but I was wondering what you thought. So yeah, you basically... Yeah, yeah. He has nothing to say. Mm-hmm. That is not his fight. Yeah. It's not a place for him to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's between Maul, Ezra, and Kanan. And it is between them to find a solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anything and everything that Bendu could have said, he said. Yeah, and, and honestly, he really didn't say much. No. <laughs> so but I really hope that we get to see him next season, uh, yes. next half of the season, for sure. I, he's such a cool character. I love his voice. <laughs> and so Mel is there in the flesh, and Maul keeps calling Ezra his apprentice. And it's oh, so frustrating, because Kanan's like, he's not your yeah. apprentice. And Maul said, not yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to pull up another uh, one of Patty's questions. She asked, Ezra sure does seem to trust Maul, at least to the point that he will not be killed by him. Why do you think Ezra believes this? Do you really think Maul wants him as an apprentice so much that he would not kill Ezra? I don't think it's that Ezra trusts Maul. I don't think that. But he does know more. He does understand more. Yeah, he gets him now. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. And he knows how far more is willing to go to get his answers. Mm-hmm. And as long as Ezra is part of that means, yeah, he's going to protect him and he's going to be okay. Now, as far as whether Maul is willing to kill him or let him die, yeah, we saw it because he left him there with the sisters. Yeah, he did. With the spirits, knowing fully well what could happen. Mm -hmm. Just because you tell a person, don't let them touch you, doesn't free you from being responsible for the consequences, you know? Mm -hmm. You you brought him there. And the sister says, Maul promises flesh. So he was willing to leave him there. So he was willing to leave him there. Yeah. So as far as whether he's willing to kill, yes. If he thinks that he can turn Ezra into the dark side and into his apprentice, he will continue to try and do so. But at some point when he realizes that this is not going to happen, no matter what he does... He will be willing to kill him. Yeah, I think so. He, he's already been willing to sacrifice him. Especially if Ezra were to get in the way of something that he desperately he, wanted. He left him with Darth Vader. Yes, true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He left him after the, the whole explosion of the holocron thing. And he left him now with the sisters. You know, he is going to do whatever he needs to do to get what he wants. Exactly. And that includes looking and acting as if he's For sincere. sincere. Yeah. And it has fooled me because there are moments yeah. where you're like... You, where you think that, uh, oh, there's some... Something about, about Maul that cares, cares about, about Ezra. No, 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 no. no. It's, <laughs> it's all about the means to an end. Ezra is the means to an end. And Ezra knows this. And it's not that he trusts him, but he knows that as long as he has something that he wants, he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's what drives Maul. Exactly. Ugh. 
Maul, evil Maul. And so Maul tells them that when they did the holocrons, he had one fragment of information and Ezra had another fragment of information. Something that they really both can't really describe. So that's why they need to join together in order to get the completely, rest of the com- information. Complete the, the process right. that they started. Yeah. And Ezra learned about the location, whereas Maul learned about the person. So he knows, that's why he left saying he's alive, he's alive. Whereas Ezra, Ezra had, was saying twin sons. Sims. So he learned one piece of the information. So Ezra decides to go with Maul and Kanan actually decides to trust him in this moment. Obviously, knowing that his risk com has been oh, tracked. Yeah. Do you think he would have offered that same level of trust if his risk com wasn't tracked? Yes, I do. I do think so because he, he said it to Hera. He said, whatever happened between Maul and Ezra is not over yet. Yeah. And it needs to be over. And he, he understands this. Mm-hmm. He knows that, that whatever took place needs to complete. Otherwise, it's just going to haunt Ezra forever. No, I agree. Yeah, I think Kanan would have let him go to do his own thing. But, but knowing that he can be tracked yeah. helps, you know? Yeah, it does help, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sabine and Kanan follow in the Phantom 2 while Maul takes Ezra to Dathomir, which is a planet you haven't been to because we haven't hit that season of Clone Wars. But Dathomir is a very mystical planet and it's very steeped in the Force um, and it gives the Night Sisters or when they were around it gave them a lot of power of magical type of power and that's how Maul got his legs back in a way that's how he got his brother called Savage Opress and a lot of stuff happened to Maul (laughs) via magic and Ezra asks about his people where are they and Maul says that he's the last survivor I'm pretty sure there's others out there but you know when you don't really see anyone else of your kind you automatically think you're the last one so given that you haven't seen clone wars what was your perspective of the story that was being discussed i I, I just saw it as the story there i really didn't question whether it came from somewhere or something else yeah for what was happening you really don't need to know anything else Mm -hmm. molly's telling you what you need for the moment that's his planet. This is where he 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 got all his force. This is where he he grew. And to him, he's the last one, and his planet is dead. That's all. Mm-hmm. And they're going back there because whatever um, mystical force is there that can help them get accomplish what they're looking to accomplish. Because yeah. when I was watching the episode, I was like, oh man, there's a lot of things in here that are discussed more in depth in Star Wars The Clone Wars, but they're briefly touched upon in the Rebels episode. So I was like really looking forward to getting your... Your thoughts? Yeah, on I, I, I really didn't didn't see it as as I needed more for more for the episode. Yeah. I'm completely satisfied with what is there. It gave me enough information to understand why we're there as to where everything came from and the connection it has to other things. I it really didn't ponder on that because. I'm not looking to make those connections, right. you know. I didn't. I don't know of them, therefore I don't look to make exactly. them. Yeah. Now you sense. have 
a bit more knowledge. So you're looking to make those connections. Mm-hmm. And anybody else that knows of Clone Wars and other stories, are they are looking for those connections. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I like about Rebels, that you really don't need to know much of other things in order to understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it makes me wonder. It, it makes you curious, yeah. yes. And, yeah. and it makes you want to go out there and find other stuff and see other stuff, which is why I'm watching Clone Wars as well. But it's not a need. Right. I don't need to. But it makes me wonder, though, from the creative side, from the creator's point of view, like how much information is too much information and how much is too little? Like, well, And that's why that, it makes them good. Delicate, yeah, right? yeah. delicate process. Yeah, and that's what yeah. makes them good. It, they, they give you enough for you to understand the moment. And, and this is the whole thing of storytelling. You have to give enough for the person to understand the moment. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, you miss the connection and then you miss the, the, the audience. Mm-hmm. And so they've come here to perform a little bit of magic and Maul says, trust me, Ezra. This is the, uh, moment, yeah, this yeah. the, this is the moment of sincerity that I was talking about. He's like, trust me, Ezra. I only want the answers I deserve. Nothing more. And he is truthful. Yes. He, he is, is truthful. He's being truthful there. You know, <laughs> we know Maul to be an evil person and <laughs> an evil being and he's gonna be willing to do the most horrible things that he has to to get what he wants and we know this but within that he has sincere moments because it is what makes him him he wants to know and when he says this to Ezra he's being sincere he's being honest and you see it that does not preclude him from being from having tensions yeah. you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so true. Because <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, man, maybe he does care for Ezra. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those sincere moments within the whole scheme. Yeah. And that's uh, that's Sam Witwer doing the voice of Ma. And he makes you want, want to, to feel, feel sorry. sorry. Yeah. For this character. And it's the, I, it's happened time and again. I'm like, no, I have to stop being sorry, <laughs> feeling sorry for him. You don't get me. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my, <laughs> Masi's right through you. <laughs> <laughs> and so Maul shows him where he keeps all the things from his past. And I love that Ezra's response to this is, look at all this junk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that reminded me of when Luke saw the Millennium Falcon, Falcon. for the first time. What a piece Piece of of junk junk. (laughs) Um, and there's some things in there that were interesting there's Satine's painting from uh, you know what I found Mm -hmm. interesting of that right what the fact that she has her eyes oh that was slash oh it wasn't slash it was but it looked like it right it looked like Kanan and his burn across Uh, his eyes that's interesting I didn't didn't make that connection yeah when I saw that I said oh that that's interesting she has her eyes sort of like cross the same way that Kanan has Mm, them that's interesting yeah and the reason why is because there's writing on the wall and it's in Mandalorian script I think someone had translated it and it spells out Kenobi so the guy's obsessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then right below the painting is the Darksaber. And one of the first things that Maul told him when he came in was, don't touch anything. Okay. And there he, there goes, he goes. to touch. <laughs> about to touch it. And remember in Malachor, he yeah, touched the thing. The thing. <laughs> and, and he was told not to touch <laughs> Oh my God, Ezra! I love it. He's a kid. I know. He's a kid. A kid <laughs> needs to 
you know, Touch do his things, things and learn and experience for his on his own. Hey, you burn your hands. I you did. never touch an iron after that. That's, <laughs> this is very true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kept telling you, don't touch it. It's hot. It's gonna burn you. Don't touch it. It's hot. It's gonna burn you. <laughs> you still want to touch it, so I let you burn yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Ma, for that life hey, you, lesson. You're welcome. <laughs> Did you ever touch that again? No. There you go. <laughs> to be honest, I'm scared of it now. Like, we're to the point where I'm like, I have to hold it from afar and then tie the thing. It's <laughs> just so that it doesn't burn me. So then, Patty, here's another awesome question that she had. She said, so sad to see the portrait of Satine. I cried a little when I heard her theme playing in the background. Took me in that moment right back to Star Wars The Clone Wars, the Star Wars The Clone Wars episode, Lawless. That was the episode with Maul and Pre Vizsla. It was intense. <laughs> um, John Marie, did you get this feeling too? I know that Ma has not seen these episodes yet. What did she think when she saw all of Maul's artifacts? Did she ask any questions about these artifacts while watching the episode? Ma didn't really ask any questions. She usually just absorbs things. And then, <laughs> but in terms of what feeling I was having at that moment, I didn't really uh, tear up or anything. I, I guess I wasn't emotionally attached to Satine anyway. But I do recall that big moment between her and Kenobi and Maul having been involved. That was a very sad moment. I did ask, who is she? You did? Yeah. Oh, you did. And you told That's me Satine. Right, Satine. That's right, Satine. Yeah. Okay, okay. I forgot about because that. Because they, they make a point of showing the portrait. Yeah, yeah, they focus so, on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they also they also had the helmets there that the Mandalorians wore that had the horns on it because they were loyal to Maul and, and they were part of his shadow collective. So that was cool that he had some of those artifacts in there too. Maul says, if your Mandalorian friend was here, she could explain it to you in reference to the Darksaber. And I find it interesting that Sabine has not really talked to Ezra about Maul's involvement in Mandalorian's history. Like, I wish that something that was something that, even though we don't see it, it happens in the background. Well, if you take the way that Sabine confirms to Ezra in the past episode... That yes, he was he ruled yeah. Mandalore. It was to Zeb though. Ezra wasn't even in the. That was when they were, had been captured. Okay, uh, so it was Zeb. It was Zeb. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but if you take the tone in it's which not, she said it, it's not something she's gonna be willing to talk, talk about, regardless yeah. of who it is. She's not gonna be willing to talk. That you're right. That yeah. that confidently let that you know in in that way to anybody about it. It is something that shames her. Yeah. Definitely shames her. And she, if she can forget it and push it aside, she would. And, and actually, you bring a good point. The fact that it was Vizsla who was involved with all of that. Mm-hmm. So, and she, her clan is part of House, House Vizsla. So who knows what sort of shame has been brought down. Yeah, and so, so it's something that she's not going to be willing to speak to anybody unless absolutely and necessary. completely necessary. Yeah. Good point. And then Sabine and, and Kanan, while they're on their way to Dathomir, she says, why is Ezra so willing to trust Maul again and again? I feel like this is a question that the audience has been asking. Yeah. But, and then, but I love Kanan's response. He says, I don't think he is, but I do know he's taking a big risk for all of us. Yeah. Like I said, it's not that he trusts him. He knows exactly what Maul is capable of. 
And because he knows he has to go along with whatever scheme is there at the moment. Because it's the only way for him to actually break that bond at some point or, or, and, and keep his, in this case, his friends and his rebellion safe. Yeah, yeah, because you Ma, know? Ma was willing to um, share so, their location with them. Yeah, to, to the outsiders... It looks like he trusts him. He doesn't trust them. Mm -mm. He knows exactly what he's capable of. But he also, and because of it, he knows up to a certain point how safe he is. Right. And I, I know a lot of people think he's a dense character where he like completely misses details here and there. No. But I think Ezra is a really smart yeah. kid. Otherwise, he he would be, be dead. And, and, yeah, and 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 didn't he say something? I don't know if it was to Canaan or who it was that he said, "I have to do this." You know, I know he what he wants, and I know that as long as he knows I can get it to him, he's not going to do anything. Yeah, that's to Canaan, and, yeah. and that shows that he, he does he, pay he attention. Understands. He understands what's going on. He he has pay attention to the details. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so Maul ends up giving him two cups so that they could go and mix up this potions that he has waiting for him at the altar. And then Ezra's like, you drink it first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to drink this first. What the heck? So he ends up drinking it. Um, both of them do. And their eyes, they become green in the end. And Maul wants to know where he as in who this person this person is where is he located and Ezra wants to know who this person is the Who's key to destroying the, the Sith, Sith which is essentially a person and it's interesting that it that the the vision both times tells him Obi-Wan Kenobi well the first time to Maul and now this time to Ezra when essentially the key to destroying the Sith is Luke Skywalker Who's protecting him? But who's Luke? protecting him is Obi-Wan. Who yes. knows of Luke? Of yes, this is true. Who knows the secret that there's two children out there that are the children of Dar um, Dark Vader? Well, he's not the only one who knows that, but okay. Well. <laughs> but he's the uh, he's the one who's in contact, contact with yeah. Luke. Yeah, yeah. Or at least watching Obi-Wan. And, and he may not be the only one right now in this time, but he's going to be the, the only one then. Mm-hmm. And, and this is all across time. Yes, it's true. Yeah, you right. know, the, the force is not talking just about now, which again goes to people not taking things literally and don't not seeing. Like Anakin was going to... Qui-Gon saw that he was going to be the balance. He didn't understand how yeah. he was going to be the balance and how long it was going to take because these visions and these prophecies, they, they go across time. Yeah. They're not just here now and this is what, boom, boom, boom. No, it's across time. And and, and again, Certain he... things have to yeah, in place, place for them to happen. happen. Yeah. And again, here is Obi-Wan. He's the key. He's the one. Not because... He's the only person now, but he's going to be the only person then when it's going to be the time for it to happen. Right. Because mm -hmm. right now, uh, Luke is a kid. He's Luke cannot, yeah. Yeah, he's the same age as Ezra. Right. So, so he still has to grow. Yeah. So the key is not now. The key is then. Later. Yeah. Who's going to know and who's going to be the one to show Luke the way? Luke. 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 <laughs> 
I feel like we haven't done Amberu in a while. (laughs) And so, you know, once once they have their unified vision, uh, Maul says it ends where it began, a desert planet with twin suns. So it's interesting that he had the detail desert planet because when Ezra says the same thing later on, he doesn't say desert planet. He just says a planet with twin suns. Because Ezra doesn't know of the planet. No. Maul does. Maul does. Yeah, so yeah. He, he he realizes what planet indeed is the vision right. pointing to. Mm-hmm. And then Ezra's shocked just like Maul was the first time around. Shocked that Obi-Wan's alive. That this guy's alive. Unfortunately, the shock has to like take a step to the side because all of a sudden there's these night sister spirits coming out of the altar. And you know what? It it does connect because how does Leia know that Obi-Wan is alive? Well, what, 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 because of Bale, her father. But then again, you know, it's all these things like Bale knows, but is Bale sure? And it's, it, it may be now that he becomes certain that Obi-Wan is alive? No, no. He knows that Obi-Wan's alive because of at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, but once they separate, you don't know. Oh, I see what you and mean. And you have the Clone Wars. You have the clones killing everybody left and right. All the, You know what I'm saying? No, I know what so, you mean. So now, for sure... He's going to know Obi-Wan is alive. After all these years, 15 years or something yeah. that have passed so, by. So, so it's a bit more security and connection that later on is going to be okay. used. I can see that. Cool, cool. <laughs> and so these spirits come out and Maul says that the price of having learned this information is their flesh Hush. and their blood. <laughs> Good times. Yes. And <laughs> Of course, Sabine and Keenan come right in that moment. And, and they never listen. No. Ezra tells them, stay behind, yes, stay away. And unfortunately, they get possessed. And they looked very creepy as possessed beings. <laughs> and they start attacking Maul and Ezra. And Ezra warns Maul, don't hurt Kanan. And that's something that's interesting that actually Maul didn't hurt Kanan. Oh, but he couldn't because the Night Sisters' powers was too strong, even uh, for him. This is the thing. He has one goal, to get to Obi-Wan. He's not going to sacrifice that for anything. He's not, not going to sacrifice his life. He's not going to do anything to put that in jeopardy. jeopardy. Yeah. So his thing is run. So at that moment, it doesn't matter if and he, he kills. And, yeah, and you're right, because he says, I know a way to save your friends. Yes, and which is not true. Deceiving him. Yeah. Yes. In order for him, in order to get him out towards the very opening of the cave. Because he knew that after that point, they were not going to follow. So, you know, Ezra has this need to save Kanan and Sabine. Maul, at this point, he's just frustrated. And he's like, forget the past, forget your memories, forget your attachments. Our future converge on a planet with two suns. We can walk that path together as friends, as brothers. And again, this is another moment where I'm like, oh. Mom. Yeah, but but but, <laughs> but the, the thing, thing is, talk about forgetting, forgetting the past. past. Forget your past, Mom. <laughs> yeah, he's obsessed. <laughs> and I'm like, how can you tell someone to do that when you yourself aren't playing by the rules too? You know, forget the past yourself. But no, he's obsessed with it. And Patty also had a question right in regards to this. She said, "Mom is very strange to me now." <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he seems to be just as bad and evil as before. However, when talking to Ezra, he seems to be vulnerable and lonely how much of this do you 
think is an act to convince Ezra to join him and how much of this is real. Okay, he needs, he yearns for companionship. He doesn't want to be alone. But then his goals are so fixated that he doesn't care either. Yeah. So 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 you have that duality that both feelings fighting for power in 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 his head. I care about somebody, I don't care about I, I would just want to do what I you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's that fight. It's that angel and devil in the <laughs> shoulder, you know, fighting. I would say devil and not so devil, <laughs> devil. because I don't think he has an angel. <laughs> but, you know, it's that concept right. of, and this is what I'm saying, he is not good. He is evil. He has one goal in mind, and whatever it takes, he's gonna do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why he didn't he didn't grab Ezra and drag him kicking and screaming, because, because that, that, that's just gonna make delay, uh, delay whatever he's planning to do or in danger because you don't know mm-hmm. how exactly. Ezra would react to him in that way so he ends up leaving him saying that he disappoints him and he's actually laughing he's yep. like Ezra Bridger and he's laughing and I feel like maybe it's because he thinks they'll see each other again of course he does yeah so maybe there's another instance of him trying to convince him again yeah. but I'm all such a. I love that his emotions just fluctuate. Yeah, one moment he's okay, meant emotionally, and then the next moment he's whoa out there. Yeah. and it's all because his obsession. Mm-hmm. He is obsessed, and again, whatever he needs to do, he's gonna do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then Ezra decides to go back inside to try to push them out of the opening of the cave so that they can become free of the spirits. And it takes a lot of courage to do that. I don't know if I would have had the courage to go back in after experiencing that. Well, that's what makes him Ezra. Yes, this is this is true. This is what makes him Ezra and awesome. And then Sabine's doing her weird creepy, creepy crawly, crawly thing. Yeah, like that was spider. Ooh. Oh my god! Just thinking about <laughs> it, it freaks me out. And and he manages to push her to the very edge of you know after they're fighting a bit with their swords because she's grabbed the dark saber at this point. Yeah. He manages to push her away, and she's trying to like stop. stop and... and she looked very creepy in that moment too. Very um. Oh my god! Uh, exorcist. The... Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in doing that, she's finally free of the spirit. She says that, I hope what you got from Wall was worth it. <laughs> and he tells her to stay here, that he's going to go get Kanan. And she's worried that they could possess him too. And he says, I'm counting on it. <laughs> and I like the, the the face that she had in that moment because I real when she was talking about Maul earlier in the and the fact that he trusts Maul in the Phantom, it's like she still didn't get why Ezra does the things that he does, even though it looks like trust. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I think she kind of realized that he's he's doing this to save them mm-hmm. um, at his own risk. And hopefully she fell in love with him in that moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, you know, the, uh, the she, he finds Kanan kneeling on the altar. I like that Ezra, he said that, you know, your, your flesh and blood price, that that's my debt. Take me instead. Unfortunately, Kanan is stronger. But they challenge him. But they challenge show, him, yeah. Show me you are stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he does. And that was kind of freaky because you never know whether that might happen in the future like whether it's a foreshadow of sorts because mm-hmm. we kind of saw it at the very beginning of 
of, I think it was season two, uh, second half of season two, where they're fighting, training each other. Mm -hmm. I kind of gave you like a foreshadow of sorts. Maybe they'll fight each other. I hope that doesn't happen because <laughs> we already saw it with Obi-Wan and Anakin. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> it hurt the heart the first time. In the process of it escaping Kanan, he decides to use the Darksaber and the lightsaber, his lightsaber, to destroy the altar. I I'll owe you. I'll owe you another time, yeah. <laughs> and Kanan is like, that's the last time we're working with him all. <laughs> it's like he always ends up getting hurt <laughs> in some way or another. And Ezra says that the answer to his question is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I would have expected a bigger reaction from Kanan, to be honest. But he said, do you think he's alive? And Ezra said, he must be. But yeah, I would have expected something grander from Kanan, learning that there's another Jedi of his time that is still alive, other than Yoda, obviously. Uh, he, maybe he, he knows that the possibilities are out there, so it's not surprising to him anymore. Oh, that's true. The element of surprise is not yeah. there. It's so just a matter of when, when it shows it up. up. Yeah. And then Sabine ends up picking up the saber. And if someone was like, well, why Why did Ezra all of a sudden forget that the uh, the dark saber was there? I'm like, well, one. He's not interested not, in the dark saber. In you know, he's, it's not, not something that he's interested in keeping for himself. And plus, it was a great setup for Sabine. Because yeah. as we see in Rebels Recon, Pablo said that it's a sign, it's a symbol of Authority. You know, if she's carrying this, that means she can tell people, you can follow me. And that possibility is amazing to me. Sabine being ruler of Mandalore in some way or, so, or be, being able to unite the clans in some way. Oh, <laughs> that just like made her super sexy to me. <laughs> and then some final thoughts. Do you think that Maul and Ezra's bond is fully broken from that experience? Yes. In terms of Maul being able to contact him that way, I think think so but their relationship is not over yet no no far from it i think but yeah like you said enable yeah, yeah. that that mental thing that enabled maul to connect with ezra i think that that's done yeah yeah and i think and that was something that i want to say patty asks later on when we get to it but she had asked whether that's something that is of a Sith trait or something of that nature. That that's something she didn't know of him. But I think it's it's something that was uh that happened because of the oh, holocrons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bendu said that with having that that knowledge came also risk. And this was the risk, that connection. But to me, if they keep this, they will be overusing it. They will be, yeah. And, and it's not going to feel the same way. To me, it, it is broken, it's done. Now, their relationship and what's going to happen in the future, no. They, they still have to settle all this yeah. thing between yeah. them. And something that I wish they had done throughout the season was inserting bits of Maul here and there, like him seeing a, a vision of Maul from a distance. No, I, you no, think so? I think, no. I think it would have set it up very nicely no, for the mid-season Ma finale. Maul has the more experience. 
Ezra is still learning. And and this is why he was able to connect to Ezra in a way that Ezra couldn't feel him. Well, I know. And, and the reason it intensified was because he was on the planet itself. But I'm, I'm saying that in order to get us to the mid-season finale, it would have been great for it, it to have been a thread mm-hmm. since the Holocrons of Fate. But episode. then we couldn't have the fainting and the, and the no, desperation. No, no, no. Not, that, not that he faints or anything. Just like a, a glimpse that confuses him and confuses us. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying that if we have that here and there, it wouldn't feel as ominous as it did here in this episode. In this, in this episode. And we needed that. We we needed to feel that that feeling okay. now. I got you. Okay, then, mommy, you win this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, on to our listener questions and thoughts. Andy asks, "Do you think Maul is looking to find Obi Wan to kill him, or do you think he may try to recruit him to destroy Sidious with him?" Oh no, he oh, wants no. to kill Obi Wan. <laughs> Nah, nah, no, nah, nah. and this is another. I think uh, Stefan had also the same thought. I I don't think Maul is looking to make an alliance with Obi Wan. I think Obi Wan is the reason why he's there in the first place. Why he's in the situation that he's in. Why he fell from power. Why Sidious discarded him to the side. This is his big whale. Yeah, you know, <laughs> basically, yeah. He, he's Ahab going after the big white whale, <laughs> and that's Obi Wan. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't see him recruiting him for that reason. I, I see him as getting some sort of relief in a yeah. way. Like, finally. That's what he thinks he's going to get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, Which is usually what people looking for revenge, revenge. think mm-hmm. they're going to get. But that would be a very interesting turn of events if he somehow wants to recruit Obi-Wan because Palpatine is essentially another big enemy for him so um, I don't I I don't understand why he's going for Obi-Wan right now like I figured he'd try to go for the Emperor but maybe because the Emperor is too big of a fish for him to get (laughs) who knows but that's a great question Andy thank you and Stefan said Bendu disappeared oh so this was the question that we talked about earlier but I'm gonna skip to his next question because we kind of addressed it already Stefan said with Obi-Wan now known to be alive is it going to be a race to Tatooine or is Ezra going to run into Maul again honestly and I and oh man like I want to say that we're going to see Obi-Wan at the end of the season just because of some past hints given from Dave Filoni in terms of voicing Obi-Wan and whatnot. And maybe it's because I have a hard time seeing it happen, but I think Ezra and Kanan will intercept him and then that's how Maul ends right there. But I know everyone's really desperate to see an Obi-Wan and and Maul fight in the desert again. I don't know. I, I don't know which one. I feel like that's more fans service as people like to use that word from time to time when it you know does it serve the purpose of the story what 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 purpose does that serve so I, I personally I see them more intercepting and Kanan and Ezra meeting up with Maul again before that happens but they first have to figure out the, the planet they haven't even figured that part out they don't know Tatooine Tatooine, yeah. is the, the planet, the that, planet they that they, to, they, they need to go to so Maul definitely has one ahead of them for sure 
So it might be a race. Who knows? And Patty had some other thoughts and questions. She said, Loved that we went back to Dathomir. Sure looks like that planet became so much worse after the deaths of the Night Sisters. Looks like this is where Maul has been hanging out since he escaped Mandalore and where he came back to after Malachor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely where he's been hoarding things. things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking of those. Remember that show Hoarders? Yes. Yeah. He would have been great. Wait, yeah. <laughs> for one of those episodes. episodes. So yeah, I, I really like the fact that we came back to Dathomir. It was a planet that showed up in the novel Dark Disciple and it was a big it played a big part in one of the characters' development and whatnot. So it was cool to come back to it and see some activity happening on it after so long of there being inactivity. And she said, I am right. Maul seems to be a distraction to Kanan and Ezra. They both could not start their mission because of Maul. Looks like Kanan was able to have their missions delayed. However, with that, they learned they now have a new mission. Based on what Ezra saw, their missions may be more critical now than they ever even realized. Do you think that Phoenix Squadron will move ahead with their plans without them now? Well, Hera's on her way. This this didn't take place in like days or weeks. What happened in the planet happened in a moment. In a day. So they're not too far behind. They're not far away. And it was accorded that they will meet there and to uh, Hera to go ahead. So I don't think that this is delayed in any way. Mm. I don't think that they're going to be really on time to start everything, but they're going to be there. To be honest... I have to go back because it was so distracting with Ezra looking for Maul that I wasn't really paying attention to Hera. But it sounded more like they were doing a recon mission in preparation for For the the actual actual. attack. And that's where Ezra is actually involved in the actual attack. Right. So maybe maybe what Hera went to do was just the recon part of it. And maybe they realized that there's something that they need to... So yeah, she might be right that it might be something that they need to delay because of maybe things have changed on Lothal and based on what the next episode will be about it doesn't look like they even go back to Lothal in the first couple of episodes of the next half of the season so hmm, I don't know I really wanted to know what were going to be the uh the results of of that strategy that they were planning and she goes on to say Kenobi knew it was leading us to Tatooine both their questions led to the same person and place now that Maul knows that Kenobi is on Tatooine do you think he went there right right away they have to help stop Maul from finding Kenobi or help Kenobi realize that Maul is still alive and actively looking for him how do you think Kanan and Ezra are going to find out that location I don't know I I, I feel like AP5 might be yeah helpful yeah so they might give him the description and then maybe he has a database yeah of sorts sort of like how he found chopper base Uh i'm thinking he might play a role or maybe rex with his experience and whatnot and having toured the galaxy in a way in 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 essence before settling on silos maybe he is aware of what that planet that fits that description Mm -hmm. yeah so here's hoping that's it's a convenient way that they find it and that they don't have to go through some hassle. <laughs> and then finally, she says, Sabine and the Darksaber. Too bad she did not see the portrait of Satine. Would have loved to get her comments about the painting and what it meant to her clan. Yeah, I agree. I wish she could have seen. She probably did see it, but in her 
when she was possessed <laughs> by by the night sister. But yeah, it would have been cool to have seen her admire the painting and try to get some comments out of her from that. But maybe we'll see it surface again sometime in the future. Um, After all, she take tea. She, she does take the, the, the saber. Yeah. So that may raise some questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is that? Where you get it? What does it mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hey, Mo told, Mo told me that you will know about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that will open up a discussion between her and Ezra, how I've been wanting since <laughs> forever now. And uh, that way she he gets to know more about Mandalorian history. Or maybe that might be a nice segue for Fen Rao to come in mm -hmm. and give them all a, hi a Mandalorian history, history lesson. Because <laughs> I can hear that man talk all day long. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, everyone, for your thoughts and your questions. So that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat when we'll discuss the episode Ghosts of Geonosis, which premieres on January 7, 2017. So I hope everyone has a happy holidays and, yes. a, and a happy new year. Yay! Yay. Merry <laughs> Christmas! Happy New Year! And Ghosts of Geonosis sounds really interesting. Um, I haven't read the description so far. I'm trying to keep myself surprised for now, but I'm interested to see them go back to that planet because that's where the Death Star was being built. And we know the Death Star is a big character in mm -hmm. Rogue, Rogue One. One. So um, something that Pablo said in Rebels Recon that I wanted to touch on briefly was that he said, quote, by the time we get into the second half of Star Wars Rebels, the world would have seen Rogue One. And we're going to be able to talk more freely about certain elements that are in that movie and how it connects to Rebels, end quote. And I'm excited to yes. see what that entails and oh man and the way that apparently Dave Filoni was talking about it on the red carpet for the Rogue One premiere last night um, on Saturday was that it, he looked like he couldn't really say much <laughs> about any connections so in the meantime make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter and may the force be with you always hey Rebels Chat listeners I did it again I forgot to check the email, and because of that, you have a weird recording following our actual recording of the episode that we did, the Visions and Voices episode. So here are some of the comments that were sent to us, but I, of course, forgot to check them on time. <laughs> so Gerardo Janes had sent us an email, so I'm going to read this one. It's kind of long, so bear with us. But he brought up some great points. And he said, In my opinion, ever since Maul's return in Clone Wars, the character has been given profound depth. A recent interview with Sam Witwer, who voices him, really seemed to highlight this. He explained how Maul is trying to fix the hurt, a hurt that's been with him ever since he was wronged slash broken in The Phantom Menace and is in desperate need of hope. And as someone who comes from a background of abuse, I really can't understand Maul and feel this may be why I've become such a huge fan of the character. Yes, he does evil things, but when you really look at his life story in canon, it isn't too shocking he's done the things that he has done, not necessarily justifying his actions, just explaining them. He was taken as a very young child from his mother, forced to endure presumably horrific stuff 
when being trained as Palpatine's apprentice and having been taken at such a young age, he probably grew up with a very twisted view of morality and life. Years later, he's cut in half, which results in him breaking apart mentally and emotionally. Eventually, he gains back power only to have it taken again. And it's also worth noting that this happens after he learns his people, the Night Sisters, that had been wiped out with the exception of his mother and brother, also the Night Brothers, uh, though eventually they must have been wiped out since Maul implied that in the episode, that's right, the Empire, he said that the Empire had wiped them out, so that's probably what he was referring to. And he goes on to say both of which he watches die before his own eyes. Now, years later, after having his whole world shatter before him, he's trying to grab a hold of anything that may give him his him direction anything that helps him bring sense to the endless torture he's forced to call life it's incredibly tragic his life story and i genuinely found myself moved when he told ezra forget your attachments our futures converge on a planet with two sons we can walk that path together as friends as brothers yes it probably seemed like him being a heartless monster but when i look back at his whole life all i can see is a broken man who is desperately wanting to find happiness to not be broken anymore to fill in the emptiness physical emotional abuse has left with him i felt that emptiness and i've known people who have too many of which have behaved in a way very similar to maul they've done questionable things ended up with messed up sense of morality because it's all they've ever known struggle to find a path in their life constantly try to create that perfect family life that has denied them So I feel ultimately Maul is an incredibly tragic character and one which has enabled Star Wars canon to realistically explore the mental health of abuse victims, which in real life will only often show the dark side of a person and make them seem quote-unquote terrible in the eyes of others, especially given how a decent amount of people fail to truly understand or be sympathetic towards those struggling with mental health issues. Anyway, sorry for the length and hope this isn't too dark to be mentioned on your show. No, it's definitely not dark at all and I think you brought up some great points in terms of how people are go through life experiencing certain things and that molds them and shapes them in a way. Understanding why things happen is a very important point. We, we need to understand why things happen. The only way we can fix them is if we know how they happen. Unfortunately for Maul, I do not agree that he's looking for happiness. Mm. He's not looking for happiness. He's looking for vengeance. But in my that opinion, could be his happiness. But... <laughs> But unfortunately, it's not the happiness of a person who is actually trying to get that which has been denied to him Mm. and which he has lost and never had, Mm. which is a family, which is what we really know as happiness. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And it just leads to more evil. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so I I, I get all the points and I understand them and I see them. Unfortunately, I don't think that seeing them uh, is leading to understanding them and therefore actually resolving mm-hmm, them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he he does have a possible redemption in him but only if he realizes that the the so-called happiness he seeks is not really happiness mm. it's just more of what he has endured yeah. so far yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. he grew up in a twisted way mm-hmm. and this was taught to him and it's horrible 
but understanding and and this is the thing he uh, um Gerardo. Gerardo understands the progression yeah but unfortunately the actual victim needs to understand ah, the progression yeah that's true because unless Maul realizes that this is what has been done to him he's not going to be able to turn it around and change it and many um uh, victims of abuse I-, i will have to say personally experience with me is uh, spousal abuse mm. my mother was abused by my father when i was very young so i i do see the the victim mentality and how a victim can be twisted to think that this is normal mm-hmm. that this is what they deserve mm-hmm. when in reality they don't and i seen how it is through the understanding of the victim understanding what is happening why is happening that change can take place until they see that until they understand it everybody psychologists um Uh, therapists everybody can talk until the, the their their faces blow but it is the the victim themselves who need to understand what is going on why is going on and how to actually turn it around yeah yeah and after they understand all this they need to have the the willingness of changing you know when they say you can teach old dogs new tricks it, it is very simplistic view but it it has a, a very basic basis on on cognitive development mm. once your mind and your values are set as an adult it takes incredible power willpower, willpower yeah to change it mm-hmm. because it is set already in, in in your brain in in the way you your thought process is there and to change that it takes enormous willpower so once you have all this knowledge it comes to how much willpower do you have to take that knowledge and turn it around mm. this is where mole well, is yeah mm-hmm. mole needs to realize what has happened to him and then take that willpower and turn it around mm. if he doesn't unfortunately his end is not gonna be the greatest right and it's sad because it's it a is, tragic it's story. a tragic story yeah. mm-hmm. um i think you should be a motivational speaker <laughs> um but thank you that was a great that was amazing yes that was very unbelievable and thank Thank you you for sharing that those details i mean not a lot of people reveal yeah yeah, those kind of details yeah to uh the public that way so thank Thank you. you And Franklin Taylor, he also sent us an email. He said, salutations. One key thing about the episode, Visions and Voices, is that they designed it to inform newer audiences to the history of Maul, Dothamir, Kenobi, Satine, etc., and not rely on forcing people to watch the Clone Wars to understand what is going on. It does give a greater impact to know those Clone Wars episodes, and I can't wait to hear this podcast discuss it 
on the off season. I am glad they can write in the backstories while keeping it grounded in the new story. May the force be with you, Franklin Taylor. So yeah, yeah, yeah we, we talked about, about it that. In the yes, episode. yes, uh, uh, how that it, it really you really don't need to have seen mm-hmm. the the background story in order to get a sense of what's happening, mm-hmm. which is very very uh, it, it points out to the ability of the writers. Mm-hmm to weave the story in a way where it gives you something enough that you understand, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Rick Martinez asked, his kids had a question, actually, and it was for the previous episode. See, I'm even bad with tweets. I'm just terrible overall at collecting this. Oh, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Am I going to have to send you a I, reminder or something? I, I, yeah, you do. You haven't been doing your job. Oh, well, my job is to come and talk. No, no, you're a co-host, Nami. You also have responsibilities. Oh, my gosh now i have responsibility you've always had responsibility (laughs) so rick martinez asked on twitter kids uh his kids have a question how do you think thrawn got kanan's old mask the the inquisitor mask uh the not the inquisitor mask um they say the oh my gosh the temple guard mask from remember when he got blinded Blinded. Uh and he wore that mask yeah thrawn has that same mask on his desk when in that episode with Agent Callus mm-hmm. revealing that he's Fulcrum, while he's in his office, he's analyzing the art. On the desk in the background, you can see that mask. So they're curious as to how he got a hold of that when... Maybe it's not the only mask. No, it's there. not. I don't think it's the only mask. And, and and his kids say that the other Inquisitors may have right, exactly. fetched it for him. His kids are smart. Yes. Very they're, smart, yeah. They're, they're very, they're, they're very intuitive. They they pick up things. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can definitely see the other inquisitors having been sent out to gather clues. Clues, yes. Yeah. But here's the thing, though: the seventh sister and the fifth brother died. The eighth brother presumably died as well. So how do they know that the temple guard mask was something that Kanan used to fight Maul? It may not necessarily be, be related to, to Kanan, Kanan, but to other things. He's a collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are things that give him knowledge, the knowledge he seeks in order to manipulate and do the things that he wants to do. He's He's the kind of person that... He wants to know his enemies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wants to know them at a very intimate level, way, yeah. a very intimate level. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you need to see what are the things that they like, what are the things they use, how how they behave, and this is what he's been doing with the with, with our rebels. Yeah. He's been watching them. And I wonder because the Grand Inquisitor was a temple guard. Yes. And so maybe they're aware that Keenan killed the Temple Guard, yeah. uh, the, um, the Grand the Inquisitor. Inquisitor. And because no, of Most that, definitely yeah. they're aware of this. Yeah, yeah. and then that's, that's why that's on his desk as a reminder that Keenan had a victory against yes, them. Yes, um, yeah. Um, a big victory because they had taken down that, uh, the, I think it was a Star Destroyer yes. above Mustafar. Of all places. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like that might be related to those events, which yeah. would be kind of cool. Yeah. Because it connects it back to the first season. So, thanks, Rick Martinez, for, for that question. And thank, thank you, you, your girl. kids. Yeah. 
for uh, for girls, right? girl and boy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, so that's it. I we got everything. <laughs> At least I hope I did. And <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna have to put some reminders in yes. my phone. Yes, please. So thank you, everyone, and I hope everyone has a happy holidays and a happy new year. Yes, yes. Enjoy. Be safe, and hope the new year brings much of the good stuff yeah we need more good stuff 